The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. You know, I know um, my colleague ministers can relate that uh, we plan way out in advance here, and usually that is accompanied by this semi-spiritual terror of what am I going to talk about way out there in August? What, what? So, you know, I usually pray about it, which is not a bad idea uh, in life when you don't know what to do. And then it just, I sense into the pulse of the congregation, what, what's called for? What, what could we as a collective consciousness be uh, supported with? And so it, it occurred to me quite some time ago that maybe we come back to some basic ideas around the abundance that everyone deserves so that we can come out of some of the tyranny of some theological ideologies that would suggest that money or having a good and flowing life is somehow evil or not sacred. Uh, And so how wonderful to come into this teaching where you know it's all about the revealing of the divine and we can use it well. So I came up with this series called The Art of Abundance. Last week we started it out and it's all predicated on the idea that there is an unlimited abundance waiting for every one of us just outside our current belief system. And so last week, part one was the essential ingredient. And I just came right out and declared that essential ingredient in the art of abundance is cultivating an abundance consciousness. An abundance consciousness. And right from the beginning, I made a distinction between abundance and prosperity. That abundance is the one life, that which is, the divine, infinite energy. And it's everywhere present. There's absolutely no place where the whole of it is not present and available. Now that sometimes um, blows our minds to think about that. But that, that everywhere within the universe, the wholeness and the infinite abundance, the energy, the ideas, the power of the divine resides everywhere. So you and I, we live in this infinite field of abundance. And so it is such a a miscreation to declare I am poor or I am not what I need to be. When indeed, we are an expression of that divine abundance and we're living right within it. So that's the abundance that is everywhere present. Prosperity, on the other hand, is how much of that we're letting show up in our lives. So prosperity is a personal thing. It's how much your consciousness can allow that abundance to take form in your life and in your experience. And so we've come to understand that this thing we call consciousness is the gauge of and the valve for our prosperity, that it determines the flow or the blockage of abundance taking form in our life as prosperity. And last week we talked about how consciousness is the sum total of everything we have ever believed in our life throughout our whole life and in all of our conscious moments. And the key of this is that consciousness is causation. Your consciousness is a dynamic vortex of causation vibrating and rippling out from you and drawing back to you. As it is in my consciousness, so shall it be in my experience. Now, uh, we said a whole lot more about this whole dance of consciousness last week, so I encourage you, if you weren't here, to get a CD or watch online and, and really take that in. It's really important stuff. And that brings us then to part two, Uh, After the essential ingredient, 
We need to turn to the essential practice. But first, the story of this lady who went to get a haircut and a, and a coloring and all the stuff that they do there. All I, know is, all I know is that Erica is gone for a long time and comes back looking interesting. At any rate, I may hear about this. I may be in... Oh, pray for me. At any rate. So this lady went to get a hair color and a cut and, and uh, she mentioned to the stylist that she was going on a trip. And the, guy said, and the stylist said, well, where are you going to go? And she said, well, we're going to Rome. He said, oh, my God, that place is terrible. It's crowded. It's dirty. I don't know why you'd ever go there. Well, wh- how are you going to get there? And she said, well, we're flying Delta Airlines. She said, oh, my God, that's the worst airline. Oh, planes. Oh, terrible. Flight attendants. Oh, food's bad. Oh, well, where are you going to stay in Rome? She said, well, there's this exclusive little place well-known called the Torrento. She said, oh, I know that place. It's a dump. It's a dump. It's old. It's decrepit. Bad service. Well, what do you think you're going to do in Rome? She said, well, we're going to see the sights, but we're really excited to go to the Vatican and, and maybe see the Pope. And he laughed and scoffed. Listen, that, the Pope's going to be one little speck up on a balcony if you see him at all. Well, so she goes on the trip. And about six weeks later, she comes back in for the follow-up cut and stuff. And... <laughs> She starts getting all excited. We had the best trip. Why, when we got to the airport, they had overbooked, and they put us up in first class, and it was a new plane, and we got great food. It was wonderful. And then we got to the hotel, and we found out that they'd done a multi-million dollar renovation, and it's the jewel of the city, and it was overbooked, and we got the owner's suite. Well, the stylist rolled his eyes and said, well, all right, but I, I know you didn't get to see the Pope. And she said, well, actually, we were strolling around the Vatican... And one of the Swiss guards came up and said that the Pope sees a small audience of people spontaneously and follow him. So we went into the chambers of the Pope. And he took my hand and he shook it. And then he whispered in my ear. And with big eyes, the side said, well, what did he say? Well, he said, where'd you get that crummy hairdo? <laughs> now... <laughs> All by way of establishing that what we put out inevitably shall come back to us. So the essential practice, the essential practice is staying in the flow. Partnering with developing an abundance consciousness, the art of abundance is staying in the flow. Now there's some keys to this. The first is that this universe is the vital flowing of energies. It's the vital flowing of energies and always exchanging one energy form of itself for another. So it's the vital flowing of energies and always the universe is exchanging one energy form of itself, of its energy, for another. And thus we see how it is that there's this creating and then releasing of forms. And it's like this pulse throughout the whole universe. We call it the law of circulation. That there's the coming forth and the letting go, always in life. I mean, take a look at at some of the natural things in life. Your lungs. You're always breathing in, but you're not holding it. You let it go. Your heart. 
It's beating to both send blood through your system and to receive that blood back. Uh, Look at plants that receive from the resources, the nutrients of the soil and the sunlight that they might give forth the harvest. Same with trees as they also then give forth oxygen, having received the vital essences of life. Clouds, they they gather moisture and then release it, sometimes as hail lately. (laughs) But there's always this receiving and releasing, receiving and releasing, giving and receiving, receiving and giving forth or letting go. And this is throughout the entire universe. In fact, it could be said that the vitality of any system or life form will be a function of how much circulation is going on in it. So how much circulation is going on throughout the various dimensions of your life? Both the receiving, but rather than the clinging and holding on, the the energy flow. Are you keeping that energy flowing? Deepak Chopra puts this really beautifully. Nothing is static. Because your body and your mind and the universe are in constant and dynamic exchange, stopping the circulation of energy is like stopping the flow of blood. Whenever blood stops flowing, it begins to clot, to coagulate, to stagnate. That is why you must give and receive in order to keep wealth and affluence or anything you want in your life increasing in your experience. And that from a modern voice, and yet the the masters of the ages have known that there's this omnipresent circulation principle in life. The master teacher Jesus, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over Meaning that we give and the universe abounds in it and delights in it and returns unto us. In the Hebrew scriptures, in Proverbs, it's written, One man gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And then from the teachings of the Tao, Lao Tzu, He who obtains has little. He who scatters has much. So we keep that moving. Now the second key is that, yes, our prosperity depends on an ever richer abundance consciousness. A deep, compelling, felt sense of that infinite energy and intelligence that we're all a part of. And then secondarily, our prosperity depends on consciously allowing energy to flow into and through our lives. That's equally important, is to allow energy, not bottle it up, constrict it, but allow energy to flow into and through our lives. In a way, as we seek to to grow or prosper in some area, it's about proving to the universe that our abundance consciousness knows that ultimately there is no scarcity at all that ultimately there's no shortage of what we seek. And as we anchor that consciousness, that even though we want more prosperity in our experience, there's no shortage of the abundance that can provide it. As we do that, then what we get to do next is to create a vacuum or to create a space 
into which that good can flow into our lives. And we do this by imparting or giving of or releasing the very thing that we desire. Giving what we want forth creates that vacuum and it also anchors that consciousness that we know there's no shortage. So there's no risk in the giving forth of that which we would like to see flow back in this law of circulation. And so then as we get increasingly comfortable with receiving greater good, we can become increasingly comfortable in imparting it and sharing of it because we know that the giving and receiving are really all one cycle, one process, and the whole universe thrives on that and its health is built upon that. So the bottom line of this second key is that whatever it is that we want to flow into our lives, we must make sure that that is also flowing out of our lives. Because the third key in this is that when you really boil it down, every one of us is an energy conduit. That's what we are. We are energy itself in form, both at the cellular and the cellular level. And we're meant to be an outlet or a conduit for the energy. Of the, of the divine, the intelligence of the divine. Now, the only reason we don't continue to grow into greater and greater affluence is the fear that constricts us. The fear that constricts. The fear that crimps the conduit of our consciousness and our givingness. You know, the more I meditate on fear, fear always pushes against the natural flow of life. What life would naturally become and be. Fear always pushes against the natural flow of life. And that's really what creates our suffering in this life. When we're out of alignment with the natural flow of the way things are. And, and so it's when the pipeline, we allow our, the pipeline to become clogged. And so what we get to do and what I'm inviting us to do is to come out of the trance of what Eric Butterworth calls onlyness, which is the way we look at our prosperity and misjudge our abundance, where we look at our current level of prosperity in various areas of our lives and we get into, I only have this much, or I only have that, or I'm only experiencing this, or I'm only experiencing that, which is a a sense of a judgment of shortage and not enough. Now, we may desire more in those areas, but we must go back to that consciousness of abundance and realize that the potential for infinite good is right there. So let's not get hung up on onlyness. But what we've really got to do is start the giving flow. In whatever area in your life you want to grow. Now I know some folks say, well, I want it to grow. Why should I give it away? Well, that's kind of like the, the, guy, the, the angry guy next to a wood stove who kicked the stove and said, listen, I'll give you wood when you give me heat. What we get to do is be a part of this process we've become masterful at understanding and give forth and open up the giving flow where we would like to see increase. For instance, in the the area of love in our life, you know, you cannot be, you want more love in your life. You can't hang out as a wallflower. But instead, it's about moving into the mainstream and about the giving. It's an expressiveness, an open-heartedness, and a givingness of love. And as you give love, then you're going to receive love. But we just can't wait to get it. We've got to be the one who initiates that. It may be that an individual says, I I want more, more friends in my life. Well, you don't get friends. You make friends. 
And that too is as a givingness. It's an imparting of your expressiveness, your uniqueness, your interest, and your givingness in life. And it works in the area of money. And that's where so many struggle. I heard a guy once say, I'm having an out-of-money experience. And, <laughs> but thankfully, it's just an experience. Just an experience. But I tell you, those who are fearful and clinging with money are really out of sync with life itself because money has got an action. Money is an energy as well. And it's an energy where we have to consciously receive and share, keep that energy flowing in our lives, circulating in our lives. I I find that those who are insecure with money are insecure with life in general. And even if they get more money, they're still as afraid as they used to be. And and, uh, their lives stay small. But the more we're healthy with our money, both the receiving and the stewarding of it and the sharing of it, then it is a part of the healthy circulation process in life itself. You might hear somebody say, I wish my business were more prosperous. Well, there's no business that's going to become more prosperous until the person running that business becomes a prosperous person. And that means that they work with that abundance consciousness, and it means that the same kind of thing as in all these other areas. There's an imparting of something. There's a giving forth. There's an expressiveness, taking interest, uh, the giving of greater attention to one's customers and one's, one's employees, and, and all of the things that are a part of how a prosperous person lives. I mean, that person could stay in their office and worry about prosperity, and nothing will change until they become a prosperous person. Parenting. Uh, some, I believe, feel like their prosperity as a parent is dependent on the behavior of their children. But that couldn't be the furthest from the truth. Our prosperity, our parenting good is a part of our prosperous nature as a parent. That means how, how fluently we give of our interest and our love and our attention and our guidance and our joy and our honoring. Those are the elements given that create the effective parenting relationship. The giving. The imparting in our lives. Marriages. Sometimes marriages are bankrupt because they're a union of two impoverished people who are only demanding and aren't in the flow of their giving. Contributing ideas, intention, growth, communication intimacy at all levels. That's what makes for prosperity in the marriage. And you can see that in all of these areas and others I won't have time to get to, what we're called to is what can I give forth that primes the pump, that puts me in the healthy circulation flow of all the good that is available in this abundant universe of which I am a part and an expression. So I want to offer you some steps that we can take. And actually, they're actually the qualities of entering into the flow because the mindset and the heart set that we use to enter the flow, it makes all the difference. And so just remember the word flow, and those letters uh, will help you remember these words. It's important to enter into the flow freely, lovingly, ongoingly, and wisely. Let's talk about entering the flow freely. When we seek to start expressing, it it must come from the generosity and the sense of abundance in our heart and have no strings attached. Whenever you're giving of anything, whether it's your interest, your love, your money, the whatever, it's an imparting of your, your abiding joyous consciousness of abundance 
There's no demands. There must be no demands. No strings attached. It's your generous giving, not because you're trying to get, but because it's your nature. That's why we freely give. You're made to be a great giver. You're made in the image and likeness, the image and nature of the all-originating source, of the all-originating spirit. Thus, deepest within us is our nature to give. And so we give freely because of that. We give freely. It says in the Bible, freely ye have received, freely give. I mean, truly, we have freely received everything. We've received our consciousness, our beingness, our bodies. Uh, We've received this planet. We've received our loved ones. We've received the opportunity of the schoolroom of experiences. It's all lavished upon us. Freely you have received. Remember, you're a conduit of energy. Freely give. Freely receive, freely give. And never let that get unequal. Keep those scales balanced and growing. In the I Am Discourses, It writes, the children of God have forgotten their own divinity and must come back to it again. God is the giver, the receiver, and the gift, and is the sole owner of all the intelligence, substance, energy, and opulence there is in the universe. If the children of God would learn to give for the joy of giving, whether it be love, money, service, or whatever it may be, they would open the door to such vast opulence that it would be impossible to want for a single thing in outer expression. So we give freely, and I think the next one builds upon it. We give lovingly. The best consciousness for whatever we're imparting or giving is our hearts, is to give because we love life, because we love the abundance that we're a part of, that we love contributing We don't feel like something we have had uh, has been ripped from us. I know one person said, everything I've given has had claw marks on it. And we don't need to give that way. We can can give lovingly and joyously. And I tell you, if there's an area in your life that is not as healthy as you'd like it to be, where you want to see growth, where you know you deserve it, or maybe even where you've given up, it's calling for a greater loving givingness. And you're up to it. And you've got to tell your emotions that it's not scary and that you deserve it. And then you go forth in that giving adventure. Wonderful man. Uh, his name is Tyrone Curry. Uh, he lives in Seattle, and for over three decades, he was the janitor at the Evergreen High School there in Seattle. Well, in 2000... By the way, here's a picture of him doing his janitorial work there at the high school. That's Tyrone. In 2006, he won $4 million in the lottery. Now, interestingly, it did not change his life very much. All he bought was a new car. And then he went on doing what he was doing. He went on being the janitor there. And he just still swept the cafeteria floor. He just said, I try to make sure it's spotless and ready for the kids. And he said that he felt so blessed to be working there and serving. He says, kids do things for you. And he's so right. And while he was also the janitor, he served as the coach for the track and field team there. And he was always saying, years ago I said, if I ever win some money, I'm going to put in a new track here. Well, when he 
won that lottery, he presented the principal with a huge five-figure check that was matched by a $75,000 state grant, and the new track was installed just as he said it would. Here he is with his, his, his wonderful track there that he created. Well, after 34 years as a janitor, he retired, and he just rooted the track team on from the sidelines, and then he ran for and got elected to the school board. And his advice is just be yourself. Don't change and don't give up the work that you love. It's not about me. It's about other people and what I can do for them. So our entering into the flow lovingly as a work of heart. I love what we've named our, our um, book and gift store out there, work, the works of heart. May our lives be a work of heart. And may we especially bring that into our money life. I love what Arnold Patton wrote about that uh, in his book, Money and Beyond. Remember, money has no value, no power in and of itself. It relies for all of its significance on the person who is relating to it. When we relate to money with an open heart, with love, integrity, generosity, and compassion, it takes on these qualities from us. When our sense of ourselves is very limited... When we are self-critical and judgmental, we infuse money with qualities that are constrictive and unloving. Remember, abundance is the natural state of the universe. We access the abundance through our open hearts. Open hearts. Freely, lovingly, and ongoingly. This is so important that we make it a spiritual lifestyle to stay in the flow. When you understand that the universe is this, this vast flow of energies, always exchanging energy forms, and that you're a conduit of that, and that your mastery is keeping a flow of this energy at all levels of your life, then that's not just a once-in-a-while thing. It's, it's an ongoing practice that reaps greater and greater harvest. You know, I don't know about you, but, but I don't want the flow of love or good or money or, or opportunity or insight. I don't want any of that to be intermittent. I don't want any of it to be undependable. I want it to flow. So I know that calls to me to stay in the flow ongoingly. And that's why I so eagerly, 43 years ago, took on the systematic giving in my money life of tithing. Now, don't get nervous. You'll do whatever you want to do. You don't have to run away or anything like that. But the tithing is a deeply mystical thing. It's the realization that having been given so much that, that I'm privileged to give a tenth off the top, back into the source, back into this energy flow. And I did that. I started that gang, as I've shared in another message, don't have time to share the whole thing, when I was about as poor as I have ever been, having gone through six years of, of uh, college and, and seminary, graduate seminary. I was about as poor as I could be, but I started right then. Because I know some people say, well, someday I'll open up to that. But, you know, that usually doesn't come because that's the kind of game we let our fears play on ourselves. If you'll open up the giving flow... And you don't have to start at 10%. I mean, I did that. I've done that for 43 years, Erica and I. We started it as a couple, too. Uh, in our 30 years of marriage, we've done it consistently, never waning. And what I have found is that while there are always fluctuations in economies and personal prosperity, when you are in the flow that committedly, that consistently, you're on an upward ramp of life that lifts you up, such that current fluctuations and lows are tremendously higher than your old highs. 
And that's the way it works because it's always expanding you. I feel like the 90% left over is blessed money. And it's a magnet for opportunities because I'm in alignment with life. I'm giving back to it in a principled way, ongoingly. And it never ceases to bless me. I just know that there'll come a time when you hear this. And you hear it not as a minister trying to get money for the church, although I can't think of a better place to support myself. (laughs) But you'll hear it as a vital spiritual principle because you as a spiritual manager of your energies, if you let it get coagulating and blocked up and crimped, then you only cause your own suffering and your own limitation. It doesn't have to be that way. So it's the giving ongoingly. And finally, the giving wisely. We are really here to be stewards of so much of the abundance that we're um, expressing from the limitless field of divine intelligence and potential. And what's really beautiful is to be generous, yes, and also wise about that, giving to ways and means that fulfill our journey as a soul, Uh, giving in ways that promote and uplift life uh, and, and, and is beneficial in the grander scheme of things. The wise and the inspired giving adds even greater blessings. Let me tell you about a lady named Susan Burton. Here's her picture. She grew up in uh, the projects of L.A. And in 1981, tragically, her five-year-old son was hit by a car and killed. And, oh my gosh, her life spun out of control, especially as she turned to crack cocaine to deal with her grief. Well, not surprisingly, she landed in prison many times. In fact, uh, six times during a 15-year period, always for drug offenses and always meaning to turn her life around but not quite being able to do it. And as she writes about that time, if you don't have a new door to walk through, the only thing is the old door. Well, in 1997, she really reached out. She got help. And she was finally able to break her drug addiction. But then she felt inspired to give from that healing, uh, to, to help others. And so she committed to, to helping women who were caught in the same cycle of recidivism, the same cycle of addiction. And, and so what she did was she opened her own home to other women who were transitioning out of prison and trying to get back in a healthy way into community. And she did that and she saw results, but it wasn't sustainable being in her own house. So she put the idea out. And before long, she had other what she called sober houses getting established in, that, that would house anywhere from 40 to 50 women who were in this process of, of clarifying, healing, and preparing uh, to move back into society. And so out of that, she founded a New Way of Life reentry project. And uh, in the course of what she has given out of the fruits of her own journey... She has blessed the lives of over a thousand women there in L.A. who found the ways and means not to have to return back into prison. Wisely. Yeah. I think any time we're hanging out in, in pain and restriction and constriction in our life, we're in our own prison, aren't we? Our own prison. We're the managers of the energy that can turn into prosperity in our lives. It's not about out there. It's not about whether the boss will give us a promotion. It's not about whether the economy is going to be okay. 
It's not about all those things we think are running the show. It's about how great an abundance consciousness can I lean into so that I break out of the trance that what's going on now is my abundance. No, it's your current prosperity, but your abundance is infinite. Feel it. Take time to feel it every single day. And then ask yourself, how can I open up the givingness that will also then create health and vitality and thriving in all the ways of my life, creating that vacuum, that space for newness to move forward in my life. And then if you'll just step forward, entering into the flow freely, lovingly, ongoingly, and wisely, life will turn around. And I invite you, yes, indeed, to help us continue to prosper this Mile High Church. I love this place, and I love what we're about. It's high time there was a teaching that taught that God isn't up in the clouds, but is right here amongst us, within us, within every heart, and that we're all brothers and sisters in the divine. It's high time there was a teaching that said, forget the original sin stuff, you're an original blessing, and that there's no hell and there's no devil pulling the rug out from under you, but that you're a creative being, that you're given this consciousness to think and to create and to become, and the universe is conspiring for your highest and best, and you're a powerful being. And you don't even need the church to be powerful, although you better be here. But you, <laughs> but you can be exactly what you want to be. And the world needs this. And people want this. I think the world is hungering for this right now, to overcome so much of the toxins that are afoot. And our children need this, and our next-gen people need this, so they can go out and help refashion this world and, and re-inspire the literacy of the heart. And and a world that works for everyone, not just a few, but for everyone. We need this, and that's what we are about here. And every time you support us, or when you go out to that table in the lobby and you sign a card of intent that says, here, I'm I'm making a commitment, not a vagueness, but a commitment to what I'm going to share with this church because I believe in it and I want to keep my own abundance flowing. That table's out there waiting for you. When you sign that, you've signaled to the universe that, yes, I do have an abundance consciousness. Yes, I am managing the energy of my life compassionately and powerfully and with vision and wisdom. And the universe says, by golly, get ready. There's not going to be room enough to receive all the good that is yours. <laughs> you know, when my beloved mom, Delma Teal, by the way, she got into this teaching a little bit before I did, discovered it, and then told me about it, and it met with my longing, and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for her for a lot of reasons, but... <laughs> She was also a member of the Board of Trustees here when the Vote Center was open. She became a fine practitioner, a practitioner emeritus. When she passed over, I wanted to memorialize her and celebrate her impact on me, but also on this community. So our family came up with the idea of installing a fountain that's over in the Prayer and Care Center, which if you just veer to the left instead of going out those doors... You walk into this beautiful area where our practitioners um, help people and do prayer work. And you'll see that there's a fountain there that we put in in her name, in her honor. And it's this massive sheet of glass. And the water just flows. I love it. It just constantly flows over this glass. But I love what's etched in it, what we chose to etch in it. Etched in the glass that the flow is going over is, may you enter into your spiritual abundance. May, excuse me. May you enter into the flow of your spiritual abundance. That's my wish, my prayer, 
for you, beloved ones. May you enter into the flow of your spiritual abundance. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.